sulfur smell coming through there. There is. Woo! All right. But sometimes there's some really weird smells in here. Oh, man. Well, between the chemical mixing next door. Yeah. 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 All right. Hey everyone, welcome back to Bear Tone Podcast. Today's episode features an interview Anthony did with Ben Seidel, aka Romer. Romer's new EP titled Straight Bars and Guns is out now on Old Bear Records, so make sure you go check it out, buy it, stream it, listen to it, and tell your friends about it. Ben is a great guy with a unique perspective. This EP is an inside look at Ben's personal wrestling with a bunch of different topics. Uh, regarding social issues and the church. So here's today's episode with Ben Seidel of Romer. So Ben, maybe just tell us a little bit about um, how you wound up in Berlin and right. coming from St. Louis, growing up in the, the Midwest, I guess, right? Well... Is that considered Midwest? It, it, yeah. I, gosh, I, th- I, th- I hope I so. so. I think okay. I've been told I have a Midwestern accent, so... Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, you know, uh, yeah, so I was, I was born in St. Louis, Missouri, uh, but my father's work moved the family around quite a bit. So mm-hmm. I spent some time in St. Louis. Um, we moved to Memphis, Tennessee for a while. And before I moved to Berlin in 2005, I was actually living in Northern Virginia, right outside of Washington, D.C., because that's where my dad's work uh, took us. Um, I, I grew up in a, in, a, in a Christian family. Going to church was, uh, was important. It wasn't necessarily uh, connected to a specific denomination uh, or, or a certain stance on doctrine. It was more about uh, where we were, where, where my folks felt like they could be plugged in, where we could know others and be known. Um, and, uh, but through that entire experience, um, being involved in, in, in ministry and in church life was something very important to my folks, whether that was hanging out in the nursery with kids or teaching a small group or a men's Bible study or doing Sunday school or working with the youth. Um, Something else that was really intentional for my folks was supporting cross-cultural work. Um, uh, and uh, going into ministry was always a valid career, uh, at least from my folks' perspective towards anything that I ever felt led to do. Um, and I did. I really felt led to go into the ministry. Um, and, but I had a cross-cultural experience when I was, gosh, 18, and I was in Austria, and I just fell in love with the German-speaking world. Um, Historically, my family is German. My great-grandparents, uh, kind of off the boat, German folks. Um, but no one in my family continued speaking German. Uh, so in high school, I decided uh, to pick it back up and 
uh, wound up going to a, a college that uh, had a really strong German department and a really strong religious studies department. And through that uh, experience, I was able uh, to go study in Berlin at the Humboldt University in the theology department. And um, it was a life-changing experience. I met my, I met my wife, uh, Yasmin, and she's a, she's a classy German lady. She's an artist. I met her in Berlin. Uh, so really, I got to Berlin because of school, mm -hmm. um, fell in love with the city, fell in love with a, a really swell lady, and, uh, and I was offered a job. <laughs> uh, so that was like the trifecta. It totally was. Uh, so it kind of, uh, it all kind of came together. I was, uh, offered, I was offered one of the best jobs in the world that just does not pay. It's called church planter. <laughs> and I was, I was, uh, Invited to be part of a, a German uh, church plant team in the city. Uh, and the conversation went like this. Ben, we really would like you to be part of the team. We cannot pay you a dime. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, I, and I was like, all right. So, I accept. <laughs> it sounds, sounds good. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, that's yeah. awesome. Well, I mean, so, but that's since developed a little bit. So sure. you're, no, you're, you're not necessarily... Um, uh, in one specific church anymore. Yeah, that's correct. So it is very correct. how yeah. has that evolved right. for you? Well, you know, I moved to Berlin in 2005, again, to be part of this church plant, essentially to help minister in this community um, and help with worship development and leadership and just, gosh, whatever needed to happen. It was a huge time of learning for me, mm -hmm. making a ton of mistakes, uh, mm -hmm. learning from those mistakes. Um, but what started to transition or kind of happen inside of us is my wife started a small business. Again, she's an artist. And so at the time, she was working with vintage porcelain dishware and illustration and combining the two and refiring stuff in a kiln. Like, we have a kiln in my apartment. I told you she's a classy German <laughs> gal. And um, so, so um, there's got to be a code. For the kiln? There's no code violation there? or No, we've, we've invested, this is Germany, man. Like, we've investigated every, there's, yeah, of course there's a code, but we're within code. All right, so, uh, well, I like it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, my wife's business started to grow. She was getting some really great press um, and magazines, and she was starting to go away on the weekends and during the week sometimes to these big design markets and trade shows, um, pitching her product and showing her off uh, what she was making and so other people could buy them or boutiques throughout uh, Germany and Austria and Switzerland could buy them. Um, and I would come along every once in a while and I just started meeting a lot of creative people and realizing I always knew I was married to a creative, married to an artist. But I really started realizing that that is something that deeply resonated inside of me. Um, and I live in one of the most creative cities, in, definitely in Europe, probably if not the world. Um, and I just didn't know artists, mm -hmm. yet they all lived in my neighborhood. My church, however, wasn't in my neighborhood, which is not a, it's not, it's not a problem. Uh, I just realized I just didn't know my neighbors. Right. Um, after being there for close to eight years at that point in time, um, I just felt like that needed to change. And it kind of felt like the Lord was introducing my wife and I to a new season of life or season of ministry. Mm. Um, and 
long story short, some stuff happened within, within the confines of our church, and it, and it created a way for us to step out of leadership mm-hmm. um, and just kind of pioneer what does it mean to be present in our neighborhood, to love artists, um, to love our neighbors well, to be a good neighbor. Um, and we've been doing that for the last five years. So now I, I actually I uh, have a job in a music venue in my neighborhood. It's about a seven-minute walk from my flat. My wife has since got a new job. She actually works at an ice cream gelato store a, another seven minutes away from our flat. Um, she has her art in, in her studio. She's making amazing, great stuff, working heavily in illustration. We have an indie folk band. That's what Romer is. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell us a bit about Romer, because Romer is your middle name. Right. But but you go by that uh, music, like that's what your music yeah, is yeah. known under. Yeah, it's a, an artist name or a moniker. Um, yeah, Romer is a family name. Um, it, I, I wasn't using it, and when it came to uh, time to name this body of work that I was writing, uh, it just seemed fitting to call it that. Sing the blues, remember your hands at ten and two. Remember, oh yes sir, no sir, and no sudden moves, oh shots fired. There is a message to um, the music, which that's a no-brainer. I think a lot of Old Bear artists have, there's there's an obvious message. It's not just music for music. There's a message behind it. And I think on this particular project, um, there is a very strong message, um, even controversial, I would say, to what we have going on, at least in America and probably the world. But Sure. Um, in uh, gun violence and guns, and yeah. so yeah. Um, this this particular set of songs um, um, launches off from a perspective that you have on on guns, and so maybe just share a little bit about your heart behind it, because if they just hear the music, right. And they don't know what's going on. They'll probably, I mean, clearly they'll pick that up through the spoken um, dialogue in the front end and in the back end. Right. But maybe just a little bit more explanation to help sure. cement your, your thoughts on that. Sure. Well, you know, I, I don't know if it's helpful. It, it, I, look, I'm, a, I'm in my late 30s. I'm white, middle class, straight, cisgendered male. Um, I grew up around guns, uh, not like in a weird way, but I think maybe in a way that other folks like me maybe grew up where there were guns in the house and there was, um, ammo was never where the guns were. Everything was locked up and it was safe and we were taught to respect firearms. Um, they weren't in the house for defense. At least that was never said to me. It was more of a, an appreciation. It was more of family heirlooms. It was more of things that 
needed to be used for occupations um, that my dad had for a period of time. Um, I, I was in the Boy Scouts. I have a shotgun shooting merit badge. <laughs> uh, uh, and and uh, yeah, you know, I, um, and to be honest, when I was a teenager, I was really considering going into the military. Mm-hmm. Um, living outside of North America, being married to someone who's not an American citizen, and actually really being exposed to a form of Christianity that isn't white North American evangelicalism. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it, it's German, it's different. Uh, and not, not just Germans. I live in a huge international city and meeting Christians from all different parts of Africa and parts of Asia, uh, followers of Jesus who just have completely different takes on, um, on gun ownership, on violence, mm-hmm. even people who've been horrible victims of violence in some cases. Um, and I just started realizing that um, I'm uncomfortable with, um, with what seems to be like this rampant, um, unchecked use of, of firearms. Um, I mean, I could be completely wrong. I'm 100% open to that. Uh, uh, but folks are killing people in North America uh, more with weapons, with guns, more so than they are, say, Germany. Obviously, the U.S. and Germany are radically different in size and population. I get all that. I don't have, I don't know exactly what my point or my, 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 my position is, other than these things upset me deeply. They, they, they mess with me. Um, something that really spurred on a lot of the writing um, for, this, for this project was watching the Facebook footage of, uh, of the death of Philando Castile, who was uh, pulled over and shot by a police officer. Um, and his, 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 his girlfriend uh, Facebook lived it and it was a young, young woman, uh, her daughter in the car, and uh, he was, he, like, I, I look at that and, and think, sure, these, there's so much of this was so, so nuanced, and I get all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and race plays in, like, I, it's messy. That is, it, it is messy. Um, but that has to, at least for me, being 5,000 miles away, messes with me and upsets me because... Um, because I have a cousin who's a cop, and I also have a cousin who's a black man, and they both live in the same state, and it just kind of hits me. Gosh, it's probably really hard and dangerous being, being both a cop and the other being a black man. Um, You're not a, a confrontational person. No. And this is uncomfortable for you because you, you, you recognize that it's gonna bring, um, it's gonna bring a reaction uh, for sure. And, and that's, you know, not scary, but it's uncomfortable because you're making other people feel uncomfortable. Right. And, but, but I was going to suggest that it has, in my opinion, um, it's bigger than the guns. I would agree. Right. hundred percent. So it's bigger than just one situation. Although that seems to be what's manifesting itself in pop culture, at least in North America right now right. is all around guns. Right. I would suggest that um, one of the thoughts, one of the 
things I took away from it wasn't even so much guns. It was just the way people treat one another. Yeah. I think it's also important to say that this isn't just a reaction that's happening to current things, current shootings that we've seen or heard of. Um, this has been a conversation in, in, in works for probably around two years. Uh, Chris and I started talking about this even before the election, uh, the most recent uh, uh presidential election in the U.S. Um, You hit on something I think that um, for me is is what I'm trying to, I guess, communicate in a way is um, if we're going to say that we're followers of Jesus, um, the Prince of Peace, Jesus is not, um, well, Jesus is not Mars, the God of War, Jesus is something altogether different. Following worship Jesus is, is, and declaring that Jesus is Lord is also saying that Caesar isn't, um, that the Roman Empire isn't in charge, that there's this marginalized first century Jewish peasant, homeless man, uh, who has the daringness to call himself, um, you know, a king. <laughs> uh, uh, and, and start talking about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, um, and his followers tend to buy into that. Um, I understand. I mean, church history gets complicated. Humanity is complicated. We take guns away. People are going to kill people regardless. I get that. I totally get that. Um, but this whole notion that longing for a day where we no longer learn war, that comes straight out of Isaiah in the first five chapters of, uh, no, sorry, Isaiah 2 in the first five or six verses. Um, and Isaiah is painting this picture of uh, saying, hey, let's, come up, let's go up to the mountain of the Lord and he will teach us his ways. And people are going to start um, reshaping tools of war, tools of death, swords and spears, uh, and turning them into uh, tools of agriculture. <laughs> in one way, you could say tools of life. Sure. Um, and then there's this crazy line that says, uh, "The nations will no longer nations will no longer uh, use the sword and rise up against each other. And nations will no longer train for war." Another translation would be, "Nations will no longer learn war." I feel like if we're followers of Jesus, followers of the way, followers of this Prince of Peace, that should be a longing. Mm-hmm. Um, if I do have a position on guns, my position is this. I don't believe in the notion of redemptive Bless violence. Lord, oh my soul, we, the rent will fall behind. When your promised land, your best laid plans are hidden from our sight. You're still good news. Good news to those whose daily bread is dry. I had a really good friend of mine shortly before coming into the studio. Uh, he's an older gentleman. We were talking about this, and he was trying to encourage me. Because, again, I, I don't like conflict. Um, and I just didn't want to... I didn't want to upset a bunch of people. Um, and many, you know, this is so much about this as me processing my thoughts and my opinions and my 
emotions, maybe even trying to arrive at an opinion. Um, so I was talking to this gentleman uh, in Colorado, and, and he just said something to me that um, I haven't been able to let go of. He goes, you know, Ben, if um, what do you think North America could look like if the people coming to this new nation to practice their religion and their, free, and their own freedom chose to interact with every person that they saw in this new land uh, as, as uh, image bearers of God, as seeing the spark of the divine that exists in um, First Nation Native American folk. Mm -hmm. um, I, that hasn't left me. Um, you know, when we talk about World War II, I live in Germany. We talk about World War II, we talk about Nazis. It's really easy to, you know, justify the death of something that you kind of perceive to be ridiculously evil. I said, something, something I think that, that we um, forget is this, is uh, in World War II, um, baptized believers on both sides killed each other. Mm -hmm. Like German Lutheran Christians who attend church, <laughs> We're, you know, behind the big Mausers, the big guns, shooting at the, you know, the folks and storming the beach in Normandy. Mm -hmm. um, and the folks taking on that gunfire, many of them were also confirmed, probably even Lutherans. Um, these are followers of Jesus killing followers of Jesus. Um, yeah, to stop this evil tyrant, I get that. It's all messy, again, I don't really, but I think it's important to think that way. Yeah, we could say evil is evil. Yeah, but these are human beings created in the image of God. Um, and if we follow the Prince of Peace, I think that needs to shape some of, some of this conversation. Um, so at the very least, I long for a day where I no longer learn more. You're still good news, good news to those who Daily bread is dry. You're the stony rose that waters our souls and wanders close in this desert life. You're the tidy vines, our bready wine, or five or nine in this desert life. I mean, you could, you, could, you could change the whole story. You could be like, well, shoot, if Jesus had a gun, man, those Romans wouldn't have taken him down. Mm -hmm. um, and when Peter pulls out the sword, you know, and chops off the ear of the, the, guard. The, the guard, you know, Jesus stops him, makes that statement. Those who live by the sword die by the sword. Um, he heals the guy. But Jesus goes into a death, a, r r a horrible death, um, but is resurrected. And that's the guy that we're following, who um, walks into a situation where there's um, complete injustice being done to him, false things being said about him, um, and 
chooses not to defend himself, not to strike out, even though he could, you know, uh, Lucifer, Satan <laughs> tells him uh, right after his baptism, you know, that he can command the angels to come down. Sure. He's taunted with that, you know, when he's on the cross. Um, like, he could have done that, but he didn't, and he rose again from death. Death is tricky. It's hard. It hurts. Uh, I get that. Uh, I don't want to die. If someone were to hurt my wife or threaten my wife or my family, to be honest, I don't even know what I would do, how I'd react. Uh, I don't like confrontation, but I don't want you beating up my wife. Sure, um, right, of course. And I, I, but, but again, the, but see, that's where I am. I'm wrestling with this. This is something that I can't just passively stick in the back of my head and say, oh yeah, one day I long for no, no more war. Like this like hits home and come, it keeps coming at us um, mm -hmm. everywhere. It affects our daily lives in many ways. And, that, and to me, that I, making this music is I want you to be reminded and saying, no, you can't forget about this. So are you comfortable with the idea that your message may drown out your talent? When I think about songwriting for me, um, I don't know, I mean, I just don't really write for anybody. I write for me. Like, songwriting is how I process my thoughts and my feelings and emotions. Sure, I spent some money and got behind some microphones and invited other artists to be a part of this. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm making uh, my processing of my thoughts and my emotions public. Um, I get that. Mm -hmm. I'm okay with that. Um, I'm not trying to convince anybody with most certainly with my lyrics. Um, I would be, to be honest, I'd be actually more interested in uh, sitting down and having a bourbon and, and a chat, getting to know your story, and maybe you getting to know mine, and maybe us get to know each other. Um, I'm not great and I can't do that with everybody. I get that. Um, maybe maybe, maybe the, the message is, um, Maybe the message is going to turn folks off. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, I, would, I don't think that's a bad thing um, either. I think that too much art uh, is, is too passive. It doesn't create a reaction beyond um, I like that or I don't like that. Right. So, you know, if I'm scrolling through my Instagram feed and I follow, you know, art galleries and stuff like that because my wife's an artist too right um so much of my how fast i scroll i don't actually even if if i don't like it i just don't like it and but i'm not confronted with any part of it that for them i'm not confronted with the message behind it right and so here's what i'm thinking about about what you're offering is while you may not agree with the message and you may not agree with you know, all the stand, you know, whatever it is, the stand that you're taking. Um, good, in my opinion, good art requires you to, to, to uh, wrestle with more, wrestle with uh, more than just, I like that or I don't like that. Right. It causes you to have a reaction deeper than what the eye or the ear tells you. Sure. It has to, it has to affect the heart, it has to affect the emotions in order to, I believe, really sink in. Sure. And so everybody gets one listen. 
and then they decide from there. Right. And so my thought behind when we were creating this, just just in light of just in light of the idea that like I hope people don't I hope people give it a, a, a chance. And I believe that they will because you are not the first and you won't be the last. I mean, no. Dylan, you know, you, you look at Bob Dylan and when he was writing stuff, caused people to have some real strong reactions yeah. either way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not by any means the first and I don't claim to be. Uh, there's lots of folks who've, who've written in similar directions and, and actually probably even said more far, uh, controversial things than I have said and actually maybe even um, with actual positions, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, you're saying yeah. I, I totally understand because you're saying that this is th this whole um, experiment this week is a, a window into your wrestling. Yes, and it doesn't mean that you have arrived at a at a specific thing. Uh, one way that certain things you have along the way, and I of think course. they're all very valid things. So sure. Um, you know, I think we're going to be, you're going to be just fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know that too. Sure. I mean, life, you know, look at it, it's uh, super interesting music and I'm a fan. And, um, and that's not just because I, you know, played one thing on it. It's, but I do, I do believe in the power of message and music together. Yeah. So a line that stuck out to me that I think is really cool. Okay. And, you can just explain it. It's very self-explanatory, but okay. I maybe just paint a picture for us. Okay. Sure, sure. When idols crumble, they don't go quietly. Yeah. So I love that line. Yeah, me too. And well, I hope so. <laughs> and, but um, I mean, like I said, that's pretty self-explanatory. But but explain maybe in that song. Yeah. Context and stuff. Okay. Well, the song is called Russian Roulette. Um, kind of as a whole, the song is in, in many ways is using um, the game Russian Roulette mm -hmm. as a metaphor to talk about um, essentially the exclusivity of Christ. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, and it's wrestling with faith and doubt all at the same point in time. Um, yeah, that was just the opening line. Um, when idols crumble, they don't go quietly. Um, I mean, that's been my experience. Uh, I was thinking, here's the picture that I grabbed a hold of. Yeah. Um, uh, when the news was playing the people pulling down the uh, Saddam Hussein's oh, statues, yeah. statue, right? Yeah. And when it hits the ground, it just goes everywhere. Right. And it was a loud scene. Not maybe not just the not just the statue itself crashing, but people um, people around it, people's reactions to it. You right. know, right. Um, that I perceived as joy. Sure. You know? Sure. Um, no, that's super interesting because uh, that's not what's going on inside of me when I wrote. But I love it, and that's yeah. what's so great about art, man. Is it's I don't I'm not communicating communicating some sort of objective truth. Art is just always subjective. Like there's, you know, um, I heard Gillian Welsh once say, um, uh, she stopped telling people what her songs are about. Yeah. So when someone would walk up to her and say, hey, is this song about? And then she'd say, oh yeah. Like she would just agree with the person. Sure. Um, 
I like that. Um, and, and, I, and to be honest, I, I, I'm really thankful that you shared it with me that way because I look at it and be like, oh, no, that's, yeah, like that's actually a really cool way to look at it. Um, for me, it wasn't. It's it's more of a, a griefful. It's it's more uh, it's more sad. It's more uh, a sense of grief um, when idols dissolve and crumble inside of our lives. Maybe more specifically in my life, um, it's been my experience that they don't go away quietly. Mm. There's still a longing inside of me to 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 worship at their feet as opposed to to Jesus. Um, and for, for me, it's the line before it that sets it up. It says, uh, at your breakdown, drop your God, your God and breathe. Um, when idols crumble, they don't go quietly. For me, um, I, worship, I worship Jesus. I worship a ton of other stuff, too. Um, and sometimes those idols get knocked down, mm. and they just get destroyed. But, man, that they're... Um, it's almost like a, like any sense of any kind of addiction. It's, you can be in recovery, you can be sober, you can be clean. But it's, there's still this echo, this thing sure, that's man. there. And Absolutely. And so, that, yeah, for, for me, when I, when I was writing that tune, right. that was what was inside of me. Yeah. Hey, yo, breathe down, drop, yo, God, and breathe. When idols crumble, they don't go quietly. We got one shot in this Russian roulette I dream. And it's a flare on the horizon over in. This, this project for me, um, again, studio-wise, just to kind of bring people into the experience of recording this project. Right. Outside of the, the message, I think it brought everybody that was recording over the week together. I would agree. In a different way. For sure. And multiple times throughout the recording process, we would stop and have an hour conversation and, and, and maybe it wasn't even about the, the topic of what we were working on, right. but, but just more about encouraging one another yeah. to be better Christians. Yeah, yeah. And it, it inspired something within me that I just, it kind of put something together. And this is how I feel like sometimes we learn things in, in our faith is a week before starting this project, I had a conversation with somebody while we were on the road with um, brothers and, and this person said to me, I tell my, and I don't know why they said this to me. I huh. don't know why. Huh. I don't know what spawned the conversation to go this way, right. but it was actually in a um, departure. It was like in a, I'll see you later. Huh. Uh, I don't know why, but, but she says to me, I, I, I've never told my, I always tell my kids, don't tell other people you're Christians. And, um, 
I don't remember why that came up, but it's going to sound bizarre. Yeah. There was a reason, but she sure. said to me, I never tell my kids. I, I've always told my kids to, to not tell other people they're Christians. And that was like, oh, it's like, oh, well, why not? Right. And she said, because someone once told me that um, people should be able to just know that or discover it. Mm. And if you claim yourself to be a Christian first, but then in turn don't live it, it's worse off that you called yourself a Christian mm. than the other way around and saying, you know, that, that, that somebody goes, there's something just, you're, you, you know, do you follow Jesus? Mm. You know, are you, a lot of what you're doing lines up with, yeah. you know, and at that point, you know, so the letting other people identify within you that you're a Christian rather than identifying it yourself. Um, I mean, whatever. I think I think when when we were recording this project, I was I was realizing that everybody in the room was learning how to better live life where they don't have to call themselves Christians, but be encouraged to live like Christ so that other people would see that in us and that we would be able to then our message would be more powerful because we didn't come in with. We didn't come in with a, a certain set of religious techniques. We didn't even, you know, we don't come into a situation proclaiming right. that we are, these are the things that we're for. Right. We just get into community with one another, right. be encouraged, and right. then discover later on down the road that, oh, in fact, there is this person that I follow. Yeah. And it's identifiable in the way in my actions. So, yeah. so I felt like this process uh, encouraged that within the studio and the musicians that worked on it and the people that were just present that um, to just keep uh, living a life that's modeling after Christ so that mm. we make a difference. Yeah. So, you know, I think that was a, a, a really long, it made sense to me in my, when I was pulling all that stuff together and it makes sense to me too that's great so, that's beautiful thanks for sharing yeah man well thanks again man for, for uh, you're welcome yeah uh, and i'd just like to say thank you to old bear um this is my first real studio project and i had a blast doing it Good. um it was such a privilege and an honor to be here and to meet and work with all these crazy talented musicians um i had a ton of fun and it was great awesome Thank you for listening to Baritone Podcast. The new Romer EP called Straight Bars and Guns is out now on Old Bear Records. You can find Romer on Apple Music, Spotify, and social media by searching Romer, spelled R-O-E-M-E-R. If you like what you are hearing on the show, go ahead and leave us a rating and review. And keep an eye out for more episodes dropping soon. This show is produced by Anthony Hoisington and myself, Lucas Iverson. Thanks to Sarah Bridgman for creating the show's artwork. And last but not least, thank you to Ben for sitting down and chatting with us. I hope you all are well and safe. Again, thank you for listening. Peace. To keep your safeguards and five all straight bars and guns. Oh, my love.
we fell asleep 